Hi, I'm Richard. And as I sit here today, I'm reminded of that monkey's song lyric, Then I saw her face, now I'm a believer, not a trace of doubt in my mind. Hmm, yes, if only Christian faith was that simple. I'm certainly of the view that that experience is only true in fairy tales. So it was with a rather heavy heart that I discovered that the subject given to me, of all people, for this devotional was Psalm 14. That psalm which starts, The fool says in his heart, there is no God, and then goes on to embellish and punch home that message brutally for the next seven verses. What's that all about? You see, I've been having a year so far when such doubts have been flashing up in my mind rather too regularly. It possibly doesn't help that I was brought up to believe that there was no God. And so in a way, non-belief is my default, my factory setting. The one that I can all too easily slip back into. I know that I'm not alone in having episodes when I question my belief. Moreover, God gives us free will and a questioning intellect, and it is important that we use this to make sense of our life. It's integral to our relationship with him. And I suspect that those who never admit to having such doubts about their faith may either be one, fundamentalists who have deliberately switched off their vital God-given ability to question and rationalise their beliefs. Or two, Christians who simply feel it would be letting God and others down to admit that they do not possess perfect faith. Oh, and my message to them, if any are listening, is stop it now. You wouldn't be letting anyone down. You'd just be giving others hope that ordinary, honest, imperfect, th free-thinking people can know Jesus too. Our author, the psalmist David, would certainly understand this sentiment, as he carried many moral failures in his life, yet became a mighty man of God. In this context, I will make no apologies for not being a cast-iron Christian, if there even is such a thing. In fact, I will go further and give you a couple of examples of my wavering that you might relate to. I confess to having a little wobble recently when visiting my 87-year-old aunt, who, knowing I'm a Christian, looked up at me from pictures of children's bodies being removed from the rubble of the Turkish earthquake and asked pointedly, how can people believe in God? Also recently, when I was confronting someone about their fantastical beliefs taken from the from internet conspiracy theories, I couldn't help but see that my Christian beliefs must look just as fantastical and naive to them as theirs do to me. So what right have I? I bet I'm not the only one who struggles in such situations. So who's fooling who 
when it comes to belief? Well, in Psalm 14, it seems that David is suggesting that a simple weighing of the evidence before you should be more than enough to persuade you that your faith isn't foolish and that lack of faith is. And as a logical thinker, that is really what brings my wandering belief system home to Jesus. First, I look at the tangible goodness of God, such as the awesome wonder of creation, answers to prayer, the perfection I find in scripture, the messages of love and compassion from Jesus that stand the test of time and scrutiny over two millennia. But I accept that we will never have 100% proof of our faith in things that are tangible. So I look at the subtle threads of gold woven in my life and my world. Things that I see as miracles of kindness, forgiveness, gentleness, goodness. All demonstrating a love that cannot be proven scientifically, yet can be felt and experienced powerfully by those who reach out in faith. Perhaps to deny that God exists is to deny that love exists, and only a fool would ever believe that. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, forgive me for the times when I doubt your goodness, for the times when I allow myself to become corrupted by the world. Give me eyes to see who you are and the faith to trust you.